Hello, everybody. Jesse Schreck with Practical Missions Cohort, founder and director, serving on field here in Italy with the work of evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. And today we're doing an episode here talking about evangelism. Now, if you have any experience as a Christian, uh, evangelism, you know uh, it's something we are commanded to do, called to do. And when we're not, we're actually in sin. The problem, though, is that at the same time, though we're commanded to do it, we desire to do it, fear is a present reality that is very hard to overcome. And, uh, Getting out and doing the evangelism as we're commanded to do often doesn't happen because of the reality of fear related to evangelism. So today we're going to get into 10 different tips to help you overcome your fear in evangelism. Okay, now before we uh, jump into this reality uh, related to evangelism and the fear of it, uh, as a, uh, a brother in Christ, I just want to share that Personally, I find myself to be one of the shyest people that I've ever known, uh, honestly. Now, you find me in front of a camera if you watch the YouTube channels, you hear me talk on a podcast, I do preaching, I do teaching, I do evangelism all the time, but in and of myself, these are things I would absolutely never desire to do. In fact, all my life, all throughout school, I avoided as much as possible any kind of public speaking and presentation, uh, just something I always had a fear of. I remember even as a young child, I was afraid to even call my friends on the telephone. I would have to ask my mother to call one of my friends to see if they were available to play or to come visit or one of these kinds of things. And so for whatever reason, this is just how I'm made. And uh, so when you do find me, preaching, teaching, evangelizing, and doing things like this, uh, it's nothing of myself at all. This is, uh, I believe, a work of, uh, of through the regeneration of the Holy Spirit when we're born again, given new abilities, new desires, and, and able to do things that in the past we just could not do, apart from the reality that we're now able to love God, desire God, and pursue Him, and to hate our sin, and despise our sin, and, and abandon our sin. Uh, we also are given certain gifts and abilities that before we just didn't have. Uh, so evangelism, as we know, is a particular gift uh, for uh, Christians. Some are gifted in a special way to do evangelism. Personally, I don't even believe I'm one of those people, though I do do a lot of evangelism. Uh, but it is, at the same time, evangelism something that we're all called to do. All disciples in all time are called to be fishers of men. We're to, be, uh, to desire to see lost people saved, and we're commanded to go into all the world and make disciples. And to make disciples, you have to evangelize people so they understand their condition, how they are before a, a God, uh, that they're lost, that they're dead in their sins, they're enemies of God, uh, God's wrath is upon them, and they need to be delivered, they need to be saved, they need to bow the knee to Jesus Christ and, uh, and believe in Him, repent of their sins, turn from their sins, and trust in Christ. Fundamental things that we're called to do. And evangelism is where that happens, where someone gets confronted with the living Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, and understands his need uh, to be saved and how to be saved. Uh, so, uh, but as we get into this, I just wanted to mention that, that personally, you know, I, I'm not some naturally uh, able person to go and speak with people. I, I avoid it at, at any cost, usually. Uh, but in any case, uh, I find myself doing it often, and, uh, and the Lord does help help me do that. Uh, but there are some real fears related to evangelism, and uh, uh, I know them pretty well, and uh, I will share some of my insights here uh, for anyone who's interested in also uh, trying to overcome that fear in evangelism that I believe we all have to face. Even some of the best evangelists, most gifted that we know, uh, they deal with the fear issues all the time. They just learn how to overcome them, uh, to conquer those fears, and uh, but they still deal with them on a daily basis. You have to overcome those fears. Uh, so here we have uh, 10 particular ones. That I think we'll throw in even a bonus one, uh, and I'll probably expand on these on another time during our evangelism course when we create that for anyone working with PMC. 
Uh, so I'm just going to mention these in brief today, but there'll be more detail in the future if you ever wanted that uh, to get into uh, in particular through our course. Uh, but here we are. Uh, tip number one. Uh, uh, and, and again, uh, just a note here I wrote here, uh, apply any of these as you're able and you will be better equipped to obey and go to the law. So you don't need to like memorize all these things or, or master all these things. These are just 10 random things that came to mind as I'm now out on the streets evangelizing day after day again uh, here in our city post-pandemic at the moment and I'm seeing the hand of God move. Even today, for example, I was crossing the street deliver, handing out tracts and I hear two guys just randomly talking about God and Jesus and I thought to myself, huh, this reminds me of uh, the eunuch in, in the book of Acts of the Apostles. I think I need to go talk to these guys and lo and behold, I did. I went and up just started talking to them and the one guy says, yeah, God abandoned me a long time ago. And I said, well, maybe he did, maybe he didn't but let's talk about that and give him some tracts and talk with them uh, but God is at work, and we just need to get ourselves out there. Any of these things at all applied to us, I believe, will be of help uh, to you. So, number one, remember and know you are talking to spiritually dead people. Remember and know the people you're talking to are spiritually dead. Why is that important to understand? Uh, well, most Christians today, most evangelicals, don't have this comprehension of the scriptures, of what a, a human being made in the image of God but living in a fallen world uh, plagued by sin, dead in their sins, and, and in Adam, and so on, what that actually means. And so when they evangelize, they'll talk to people, and they think it's up to them to convince this person to believe, and it depends on you. It's You have to make them uh, believe the gospel. you got to be persuasive enough. you got to be charismatic enough and know all the right answers. Uh, that's what most evangelicals today uh, still believe, unfortunately. Uh, but that's not true at all. The Bible reveals uh, fallen man in his fallen condition, unregenerate, not yet born again, is actually spiritually dead. And we'll get into this much more when we do the evangelism course, but there's something very important here. If you understand you're talking to people that are spiritually dead, you're aware that dead people simply cannot respond. You don't go to a graveyard and talk to your, you know, your uh, your relatives from times past and expect them to actually speak back to you. That would be foolish. That would be silly. That would be ridiculous. They're not able to properly respond. You, before you were born again, you were not able to love God, desire God, to desire salvation, any of it, until the moment you were regenerated by the sovereign work of the Holy Spirit. You were born again, made alive, brought to life. And, and now, all of a sudden, you, you saw your sin for what it was. You despised your sin. You saw God for how glorious and wonderful He is. You understood who Jesus is, how great He is, and you wanted Him. You wanted to be forgiven of your sins, and you sought forgiveness, turned from your sins, trusted in Jesus Christ because you were first brought to life. Uh, so you need to understand this tip. This one helps a big deal. Uh, so it keeps you on a, on a level plane, keeps you humble, keeps you in your place, uh, not overstepping your boundaries, not putting too much pressure on you that it depends on you to, to bring these people to life. You can't do that. You proclaim the gospel. God causes them to be saved according to his will and his timing and so on. Uh, but also it keeps you from becoming proud. If people are responding properly, you might think you did something. No, you didn't. You just happen to be used by God, an instrument in his hand, and he caused the new birth. One waters, one sows, God causes the growth. Same truth here when it comes to evangelism. Remember and know you are talking to spiritually dead people. And you were once dead too, but God does uh, change change that reality. At the same time here, I don't have it on my notes here, it may be in one of these other points, uh, but the other, the other benefit to this too is Often we are afraid of what people will say or what people will think of us. That's one of the big fears many of us have to overcome. What if they think I'm stupid? Well, you just got to remember, 
Jesus didn't look very cool. He wasn't very, you know, relevant to his audience when he was nailed to a cross, bloody, naked, and treated worse than an animal. Uh, There's nothing cool about evangelism. Just get over it. You're not going to be considered cool. You're not going to be considered relevant. You don't need to be. Uh, That's that's not the point. Christians, we're not supposed to be that way. You have the truth. They need to hear it or they're going to perish in their sins. Uh, So remember that. Who cares what spiritually dead people think? Honestly, do you care what any dead people from the past actually think about you? Of course you don't care. They're dead. They have no relevance to who you are, your identity. And that just reminds us we need to live according to the gospel as well. Your identity is in Christ. You going and proclaiming the gospel, obeying Jesus, great. Uh, but it doesn't make God actually love you anymore. You should be doing because he commanded you to and you want to obey. But if you do it or you don't, he's not going to love you anymore. But the fact that he loves you that much and his love doesn't change, that should motivate you, though, to get out and go evangelize people also. But in any case, all this, I don't want to ramble on too long. I could talk about so many things here, but I'll save that for the evangelism course. Number one tip, remember, no, you're talking with spiritually dead people. That's important. Number two, know your role in God's plan of salvation. Uh, know your role in God's plan of salvation. And this is connected to the to the, to the previous one. Uh, you water, you sow, you proclaim the message, and God does all all the rest. He's the one who changes the hearts. He's the one who causes the new birth. He's the one who convicts of sin, uh, reveals the truth, all this stuff. And you need to trust in God, the Holy Spirit, not in yourself. Too often we are built up, pumped up in this world, uh, psyching ourselves out and all these kinds of things uh, to, uh, to get this esteem and get this confidence. Uh, but it's all carnal. Uh, in reality, the evangelist, he puts himself aside. He trusts not in himself. He trusts fully in the Holy Spirit. Uh, famous preacher of the past, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon, back then before they had microphones and things, he would go up to the, the elevated staircase where he would preach from, and every step he took, he would say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit working his way up to the pulpit, just reminding himself he was just a mouthpiece, uh, but he couldn't move apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. He couldn't desire to serve the Lord. He couldn't desire to proclaim the gospel. He couldn't comprehend scripture, proclaim it. Couldn't do any of it without the Holy Spirit, and it was all for the glory of God. And the same is true in evangelism, and I find myself doing this often as I'm out and about, walking from house to house and engaging people, walking up to them. I believe in the Holy Spirit. This is not about me. It's not for my glory. It's not my thing. I can't do anything, but I'm an instrument. We're called to do this trust in the Holy Spirit. Don't trust in yourself. And a good reminder of that is Psalm 3, 8. Salvation belongs to the Lord. It's His. It's His work from beginning uh, to end. Uh, so you, you pray for God the Holy Spirit, though, to do what you can. You want to pray uh, that He does convict, that He does bring new life, that He does regenerate, that He does open eyes and ears to the truth and these kinds of things. And the wonderful thing about knowing your role in God's plan of salvation, again, connected to the first one, know you're talking to spiritually dead people here, is that you avoid pride and you avoid despair and disillusionment. Uh, when you don't see people responding as they ought to, which every evangelist understands, most people don't respond as they ought to, to the gospel message, but they are responding. They've heard, they've understood their need, and they've either rejected the gospel and the truth, or they've accepted it. Uh, but always, uh, it, it, God's work is being done as the gospel gets proclaimed. But again, if you don't understand, your role is simply to proclaim, to sow the message, or to water it, God is the one who actually causes the growth. He causes the new birth. Uh, You can fall into the trap of being either proud that you did something uh, or despair, and then you never go out and evangelize again because you're not seeing the fruit you think you need to see. So those are our first two tips for overcoming fear. We still have some time left, so we'll get into number three. Number three, uh, what I wrote down here is this. Remember that as you bring the good news, 
you are the one with the blessed feet. Now, this could be a sensitivity I have uh, because I am such a weird person and I, I was the one who was a kid scared to even call my, my best friends, you know, to ask if they wanted to play. Weird guy that I am for whatever reason. Uh, I have the fear at times when I'm out evangelizing, I don't want to interrupt people. I don't want to, you know, get in their way or, or interrupt their program. I don't want to be that kind of guy. Uh, just get over it. And you need to remember, and I'm, I'm mindful of this probably more than most, you are the one with the blessed feet. Bless, Romans 10, 15. Blessed are those who bring the good news. Blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. There's a lot to that, actually, if we studied it. But in reality, in this case, when you're obeying Jesus Christ and you're bringing the gospel, people can be saved, and that's because you, your feet, are moving and bringing to them the good news. You are doing it. So you may feel, don't trust your feelings, you may feel that you're interrupting them or you're getting in their way or you might you know, be a pain to other people, talking to them about these things. But that's a feeling, and often when you go and you do obey, you got to be mindful. Satan, he, he's involved. He doesn't want you to do this. Of all the things you could do, Satan is perfectly fine with you going to a Bible study. Uh, he's perfectly fine with you doing a discipleship program or serving uh, even homeless people, food. Uh, he, he's perfectly fine with all these kinds of things. But as soon as you intentionally go out with the gospel to engage the lost people— that's when the enemy actually gets hostile. And I know this from experience serving here in Italy. When I go out to evangelize, it's almost as if, though I can't see the spiritual realm, I can imagine there's like five or ten different demons all surrounding me, whispering lies one at a time, just to keep me from being who God wants me to be as an evangelist and keep me from being effective. Uh, and this is one of the areas where they would say to me something like, Nah, don't interrupt. No, nah, they're, they're, they're in the middle of something. You know, they don't, they, they don't really want to talk. You don't want to bother them. It's all nonsense. You are actually a peacemaker. You're bringing the good news what people want to hear. And as you noticed, that I testified today, uh, even this morning when I was out evangelizing, people are talking about the things of God. You're not interrupting. God created this whole universe. He's maintaining it. People are taking every breath they have because God is giving it to them for the purpose that he's patient, not wanting any to perish, and he needs the gospel to get to people. He wants it to go. So God is for you. God is with you. Your feet are blessed. Forget the lie, forget the nonsense, don't fall victim to that idea that uh, you are interrupting people's program or something, or people won't like you. Of course they won't like you. They didn't like Jesus either. They hated him, and they nailed him to a cross. That's not the point. Remember, though, you are bringing blessed, your feet are blessed because you're bringing the good news. Another tip. So we have remember and know people are spiritually dead. Know your role in God's plan. He, God has a role, you have a role. They're very different. You need to understand your role. Remember, uh, you are the one with the blessed feet despite what others may say. And then the number four tip here is know how the enemy will tempt you. Now, the enemy tempts all of us in, in common ways, but then also in particular ways, uh, he'll tempt us. As I mentioned, even with my weird background, uh, not being super uh, excited about engaging and interacting with people, yet called to evangelize and engage people and so on, uh, uh, I'm tempted to think I might be interrupting people, for example. So I need to realize that's always just foolish and put that thought aside uh, that would be a temptation. Uh, uh, you may be tempted to feel embarrassed. You may be tempted to feel foolish or even a fanatic. Uh, these are all real kinds of temptations that could come to mind. And we just need to hear meditate on Romans 1, 14 to 15, what Paul said to the Romans. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation uh, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You have uh, temptations that will come to you in particular ones from the enemy. He knows you. He knows how to keep you from getting out and evangelizing. Consider what they are. Ponder that, and, and don't be uh, ignorant of his schemes to keep you from going out and evangelize. Uh, tip number five. 
You need to know that to not witness, to not evangelize, is to actively sin. And I remember when I first studied evangelism back at Saints Bible Institute years ago, this was the big thing here that really struck me and convicted me. The simple reality that when you're not intentionally evangelizing, when you're not making a way to be uh, testifying of the gospel, the grace of Jesus Christ, you're actually in sin because it's one of those few things we're called to do that others need to hear from us, the gospel. And yet evangelicalism, Christianity, unfortunately, too little is their efforts made to actually evangelize. We're all about studying. We're all about gaining knowledge, and that's important. To love God, we need to know God. To know God, we need to study who He is. We need to know His Word really well. Uh, to persevere and to live by faith in this land, we need the Word of God illuminating our hearts and our minds. We need to be people of the Word. Absolutely. But too often we substitute. Even in our discipleship, what happens is we just keep teaching and training and training, but no one ever gets enough to understand the need to go out and tell the lost people. And uh, often one of the things in evangelism that we fail to understand is we always don't feel like we're ready enough to equip the people. What if they ask me a question I don't have the answer for? These kinds of things come to mind and we don't actually go out and evangelize. But if you've been a Christian for even just a week, you got way more understanding. And if you're actually born again, you're, you're alive from the dead and, and you have something to say. God can use you to bring other people uh, to him for salvation. Uh, it's, it's, it's a wrong thing to believe that you're not able to go and, and witness to the lost people. If you're actually saved and soundly saved, you definitely are able to be used by God for that. Uh, but we're called to be a witness and to not go is actually sin because it's a very clear uh, command from the Lord himself. Unfortunately, it's one that we too little practice. Uh, but I just repeat here, it's one of the main reasons that we're still left here. We see this in all four of the Gospels and the book of Acts, that we're to be going and being a witness. We're fishers of men now and so on. So tip number five, just know that. Seal it in your heart. If you don't witness, you're, you're in sin. And if you're not actively either discipling someone or being discipled, you're also in sin. These are very clear, basic things about Christianity that we're commanded and called to do, given the privilege to do. And here's number six tip. Uh, remember that you are in good company. So when fear starts to overcome you, one tip that might help you is to remember you are in good company. Jesus Christ himself was an evangelist. All the apostles as well, they were evangelists. They witnessed to the truth. They uh, they warned people and they proclaimed the way of salvation, etc. Uh, you're in good company company. And, and remember this too, in a very real sense, the lost people, their blood is actually on your hands if you don't say anything. We see that from Paul, the apostle. We see that from Ezekiel, John the Baptist, all the prophets. There is a very real truth that we need to, we need to understand more clearly here. Uh, if you're not saying anything, it's almost like you're watching somebody drowned in the river. You have a rope next to you, but you think, well, I don't know. Let me, let me think about it. I don't know if I need to really, you know, get them out. Maybe they can swim. I mean, yeah, he's going underwater a little bit, but, you know, he, he's got a nice haircut, and he came here with a really nice car, so he's probably okay. Yeah, I'll leave him alone. Nonsense. He's drowning. You know he's drowning. Everybody, throw the rope. Throw the rope. Cast the net into the sea and begin pulling it back in. Get this guy out. We need to be warning people. You're in good company if you obey Jesus Christ and go and evangelize in any way you can. Remember that. You need to remember that's a good tip uh, to help you overcome that fear. Number seven, another tip, overcoming fear in evangelism. Be full of faith, be full of grace, be full of love, and be full of truth. Uh, in other words, be well nourished by the word of God and the gospel. Uh, be disciplined in the word, in prayer, in fellowship, uh, in activity in church. 
be well nourished, be like a plant by the river, getting all its nutrients, always with you know water touching its roots, always flourishing. Be in that word daily. If you're saturated in the word of God on a regular basis, you prioritize time with the Lord in prayer. It's just you're overflowing, like the spirit is in you overflowing and you can't not desire and want to reach the lost people. And when you intentionally go to reach them, you actually have things to say because providentially the spirit of God is working in your heart, working in your mind, through your reading, through your study, through your prayer for the things that you need to do to lead certain people to Christ at that time. Uh, So uh, another part of this, of being full of grace, being full of faith, love, truth, you need to know the actual gospel. And in our course, we'll get into this in more detail. But this is absolutely central. And too much, unfortunately, of what gets called evangelism or witnessing and so on is actually not a preaching of the gospel. It's a preaching of a gospel, but not the gospel. It's more of a health and wealth, prosperity kind of gospel. You don't know how many times we've heard people come and try to share their, their testimony or something, and, and they tell people, come to Jesus and your life will be better, or something like this. That's not the gospel. You come to Jesus because you stand condemned before a holy God. You're a sinner before a righteous and holy God, and He's going to judge you. You come to Him pleading for mercy and uh, repenting and turning from your sin and trusting in him who lived for you and then died in your place and etc. Uh, so there, there's much to be said here about actually knowing the gospel. Make sure you actually know it. Too many people assume they understand the gospel and they understand it well, but what they preach, what reveals that they're not preaching the gospel at all. They're preaching uh, about a God of their own making, a God of their own imagination, uh, a false gospel in other words. Spend much time in prayer. If you want to be full of faith, be full of grace, love, truth, Don't consider prayer a thing that is not fruitful or not gospel work. Spend much time in prayer. Uh, At times you'll have to pass hours in prayer. At times you'll pass nights. At times, uh, one of our other points here, I think I said it, uh, we'll say that for number nine, fast if necessary. We'll get there in a second. Uh, But be in prayer. Be in prayer. And don't overlook that reality. It's it's like breathing. You know, we pray all the time as Christians. But there is, uh, even before you go out and while you're going out, be in a state of prayer. Be communing with Jesus. I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. He is with us, especially when we apply ourselves to the proclamation of his gospel, of his truth, his word, uh, to the lost people, going and evangelizing. He's with you in a special way. So be in that prayer as you do it, and he is with you, enabling you and working through you. Let God's love towards you move you to them. So being full of faith, grace, love, truth, all these things enables God's love towards you to move you to them. I think it was um, Ray Comfort who said something like, uh, too related to fear, too often uh, uh, we're not motivated enough by by God's love uh, for us or something like this. Or, or we don't love people enough. If, if we truly love them the way we say we do, we will be running to people to tell them the gospel. Now, I'm misquoting here. I don't have it right, but he said something to that effect. And there is some great truth there, the reality that if we really love people, if we really understand how much God loves us, we can't but not go to the people. Uh, moving on here, though, number eight, another tip. If you want to overcome fear and evangelism, this one might be able to help you. Uh, get over slash forget slash deny yourself. What do I mean by that? Your flesh, if it's like mine, and it is, it wants to be respected and it wants to be well admired. Your biggest enemy often will be your own flesh. And that's the big problem I think we see often today in Christianity and and evangelicalism. We want to look good in the eyes of the culture, in the eyes of the people. We want to be uh, approved of. We want to be considered like professional Christians or something. Uh, But let's not forget, Jesus left glory to come and take on flesh. The form of a man uh, was not 
well respected and well understood and known, uh, and etc. And, and we don't need to be either. Uh, so get over yourself, forget yourself, or deny yourself here. And just remember, um, your life is not yours. So you're you're fearful about going to people. Your life isn't yours. You're commanded. You're here for a purpose. One of the primary reasons is to be a witness. And you don't feel like it. I almost never feel like going out to evangelize. But every time I do, I'm always so glad that I did. It's the greatest joy. Uh, but remember, your life is not yours. You were bought at a price. 1 Corinthians 7, 23. You belong now to Jesus. You're his property. Uh, and if you are if you don't want to be uh, disrespected or, or, or not thought of uh, very well, if, if, if you're, you don't like the idea of being considered like trash in the eyes of the people, which I am on a daily basis as I evangelize, uh, just remember, your life is not yours. And then consider their flesh. Consider their flesh. It's Honestly, it's going to be burning in eternity in hell forever unless they hear the gospel, repent of their sins, and trust in Jesus Christ as, as Lord. Consider their flesh uh, and, and consider how foolish and consider how unloving it would actually be if you knew the way for these folks to be saved and to be safe, but you didn't tell them because you were worried what they would think of you. You know, the, again, maybe the person drowning in the river. Well, I don't want them to think I'm crazy if I start splashing water around to run in there and pull them out of the water. You know, I see that alligator's coming and I can get to them in time, but I don't want to scare them. I don't want them to think I'm a fool for, you know, getting my clothes wet and so on and and maybe ruining my phone still in my pocket. Uh, maybe I should just stay here on the shore where it's safe. Uh, and then they'll think better of me as they're being devoured. Uh, nonsense. Get over yourself, deny yourself, forget yourself. And, uh, and that's easier said than done. So the next point here, number nine, uh, fast if necessary. So it is a very key thing. Your, your, your flesh is often one of your biggest enemies in the Christian walk in general, but in particular, even when you go to evangelize, your flesh will get in the way, will be a hindrance. There's spiritual warfare as well, as we talked about, big enemy, big obstacle. There's the worldly system, the mentality people have of how to reason and how to think, which is all distorted. Uh, but fasting helps when you, when you have trouble getting over yourself, denying yourself, and just going and obeying Jesus, uh, loving Him enough to do what He says. Fasting helps. Um, but unfortunately, too often, uh, this is not a discipline of Christians anymore today. It's one of those forgotten disciplines. And I know, I know what it's like. I, I've fasted many times over the years. Uh, and I know just when we mention the word fast, everything in you, even if I'm talking about it now, should I need to fast maybe? Oh boy. You know, right away your flesh just says, Ooh, don't you dare do that. You know, I want to be fed. Your stomach says, I want quality food, good food, numerous times a day. Don't you dare deny me. Just when we even, as Christians, talk about the idea of doing a fast, maybe as a group or something like this, your flesh will all of a sudden get agitated and, and start to get scared. It doesn't like the idea. And, uh, and that's what makes it particularly uh, a great uh, discipline, I think. Um, and it can help us in evangelism as well. So often that, that flesh, our flesh, is we feed it regularly. It, it becomes strong, too strong, and it can dominate us. And we don't even realize how much it dominates us. Uh, sometimes the only way to... Uh, conquer your flesh and, and, and dominate your own body and so on is through fasting where we weaken our flesh and our spirit within is strengthened as we spend more time in prayer, more time in the word and simply have to depend on Christ to sustain us even for taking steps and doing our normal work uh, throughout the day or days as we're fasting. Uh, there is something very special about fasting and if you in particular have a hard time getting over yourself and obeying in a certain area or overcoming sin, fasting is one of those things that really can uh, be something that changes your life. Putting your flesh to death, literally, because you're not feeding it uh, and being strengthened within. Um, 
and it makes, uh, uh, yeah, okay, I'm looking at my notes, but I already kind of said those things, so I won't repeat myself there. Another one, moving on though, number 10, and then we'll have a bonus one, be full of hope and joy. Okay, uh, overcoming fear and evangelism, uh, some tips, all of these just to help and anyone who might need help in this area, and I think we all do. Uh, another one that came to mind for me, I wrote it down, is being full of hope and joy. Uh, God desires, remember this, God desires nothing more than that His gospel be proclaimed. He wants His word to go out. The reason we have technology, the reason we can do a podcast and a video recording uh, and all these different things, the internet, computers, all these technologies primarily, ultimately exist so the gospel can go forward. Now, most people use it for all kinds of carnal means and sinful means, but the reality that God brought these things into being in our day still as we're waiting for his return, is primarily so the gospel message can keep going forward. That's the primary reason we have these things. And uh, God desires nothing more than his gospel to be reclaimed. So you can be full of hope and joy as you obey and go out to evangelize lost people. Uh, He is with you in a special way when you obey and you evangelize. He really is. And there's something that just overflows the heart. Back in the old days with SCE, we had a saying, and uh, I love it. I still use it. it. They said, I'd rather be evangelizing. And it's true. Once you've caught the bug, once you've gotten into it enough and, and done evangelism, you've put to death your flesh, etc., you understood the great privilege and joy that it is and uh, to be a servant of the Lord and be proclaiming the gospel, evangelizing the lost, you realize, wow, this is really one of the main reasons why we're here. And it's so exciting. It's so great. Yes, it costs you your life. Yes, you get made fun of. Yes, you get denied. Yes, you get tired. All kinds of different things go on. Uh, but there's a great, great joy there. And uh, it's true. It, it's, it's almost like a drug in, in a real sense. Uh, and then on top of it, you can be full of hope here. What I mean by that is uh, you don't see not even half of what's actually going on when you're engaging people with the gospel. Uh, you don't see the results of all of it. Once in a while, you're allowed to reap the harvest, uh, but often uh, we reap what others have sown and others reap what you have sown and so on. Uh, but I think of Stephen, I think of Paul in, in the book of Acts. Paul heard the gospel through Stephen. He listened to his sermon. He listened to his evangelism, his message. And it didn't affect him in any way. In fact, he said, yeah, I, I agree. We need to put this man to death. This is blasphemous. Put the man to death. And uh, later on, that same message somehow remained in his mind, in his heart. We can be sure of that. And in God's timing, according to his sovereign will, Paul be, was shown to be one of God's elect. He was caused to be born again and, and brought to life. And that gospel that he despised, that messenger of, of Christ that he despised, Uh, All of a sudden, he was one of those people, and he too spent himself, spent his life then, full of hope and joy, proclaiming that very same message. So be full of hope. You'll find often you're discouraged. You'll find often you don't see the results you think you should see, but don't ever forget, uh, you can be full of hope. You can be full of joy because God is doing things even when you don't see it persevere, stick around, keep doing it, and sooner or later, you'll see some fruit of it. I've evangelized here in Italy. I don't know how many Jehovah Witnesses. Most times it just was frustrated conversations and and, uh, they get a little bit hostile and stuff. And for the first time this past week, one of them got our tracks called. I met with him. It was actually a very pleasant conversation. I was able to sit down with him, ask him some questions. Uh, He was able to ask me questions. I was able to open the Word of God, show him some things he's never seen, challenge him, for example, on who is Jesus. Uh, He's never been shown that there's actually no way he can prove what they have taught him, that Jesus is the archangel Michael. There's no scriptural evidence for that at all. And uh, he really, that frustrates his entire thinking. He has to really rethink everything now. And God has softened his heart through that simple loving confrontation, sitting down over a coffee. And uh, so though I've seen countless uh, Jehovah Witnesses that I evangelized, 
just get angry and frustrated and not want to talk anymore. Uh, this time, uh, uh, sticking around and continuing to do it and being loving and compassionate towards them, uh, enabled by the Holy Spirit, going, opening his word, and I saw something different this time. This man actually thanked me, took my literature, wants to meet again and get into that more, the whole conversation. Uh, so keep at it. Be full of hope. You never know when someone's time will come because we don't see all that God is doing. And the bonus tip here as we go on and close with this today is uh, keep good company with others who obey Jesus and evangelize. We all know bad company corrupts good character, but the opposite, I believe, is also true. Good company can make you of better character uh, and a more effective witness in this in this case here. Uh, I remember in, in, in the olden days, we would go evangelizing here in Italy with groups, and there was a guy named Kevin from the States. He would come, and, and this guy's just... He's fantastic to be around. Everybody loves him. Uh, really good on the guitar. Great, great musician. Just a good guy. And uh, and he 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 was a talker. He would talk to anybody, everybody. I mean, people would just open up to him and tell them all kinds of things. He was so good, just naturally getting into conversations with people. And it made it really good for our evangelism because while he's doing that, people are gathering around and all kinds of conversations are happening. And uh, every every time I spent a few weeks with him doing evangelism, I would find that I would always be the sh- the shy and weird Jesse that I am. I would always find myself more for a couple of weeks after being with him for a couple of weeks, I would be easily opening up conversations with people, talking to everybody a whole lot more and a more pleasant, probably person in general, uh, good company. He's a good kind of guy to have around for someone like me. Uh, now you may meet an, a different kind of guy around you, depending on how your makeup is. Uh, another guy, uh, Garrett, you know, I just found him to be always very courageous, a little bit shy of a guy himself, a little bit awkward at times. And he knows that, but he was, he had a special kind of courage. He would just go up and talk to people all the time. Uh, I think because he didn't really care what anybody thought about him in a particular way. He just had that ability and he was very courageous. The more I spent time with him, I would find I'm more courageous too. And together, wonderful things happen. Uh, and, and that's great. Um, so keep good company with others. And this would be also a good reminder. I mean, you can, you can watch all kinds of things on YouTube, for example, you can watch all kinds of, uh, shows, Netflix and so on. But if you're struggling and you don't know anybody that does evangelism, you don't know, uh, you don't have good company like this. Uh, maybe your church doesn't do much evangelism at this point. Uh, there are people you can find. There's a few, uh, we might leave some links or something like this. People that even, uh, we like to, to observe once in a while. We'll watch one of their evangelism encounters, uh, but, but being around these kinds of people helps us to be about what we're still here for, to be about evangelism also. Uh, and, and so keep good company is a bonus tip for you as well. Uh, you hang out with people who could care less about evangelism, don't really care about the lost. Right? Probably you won't care about the lost either. Uh, but if you hang out with those who, who do care about the lost, are passionate for the gospel going forward, uh, create ways or, or finding new methods and different ways to get that gospel out and to engage people, spend time with them and you'll find yourself as well creating ways to get the gospel out, engaging the lost, and so on, and being an instrument uh, in the hands of the Lord. And lastly here, as we close out, those are all the, the tips for today, just things that came to mind while I'm evangelizing. I just jot them down and put them on a list here, and I'm going to unpack all those in more detail probably in another uh, in, in, a, in a teaching lesson that we're going to do uh, for our evangelism course in, in the near future. Uh, but in any case, uh, all that is good, bonus tips, things. Uh, but, but another thing I just want to mention here is... Uh, uh, in closing, uh, a, a call to action of sorts. How do you respond to these tips? Uh, I would simply uh, suggest uh, either listen to this again. I'll probably put in the show notes uh, these these tips. Just write them out real quick or copy and paste them there uh, without all the details, but just what they are. Uh, meditate, meditate upon these things. Pray to God uh, where you might need help. What one or two of these might help you 
to be uh, more obedient in evangelizing, overcoming that fear and getting out to evangelize. Uh, and then simply go and open your mouth. Now, when I, last thing I'll mention here today, because I don't want to go too long, but at the, on the other hand, I can go as long as I want. Uh, I remember uh, when I first started preaching, I was terrified uh, because, again, I'm that guy who couldn't even call my friends when I was a kid uh, and avoided any kind of public thing all my life. But yet I knew deep within me, God had made me to preach the gospel. I knew that I was called for this. Uh, but when push came to shove and I, I became older and I began getting involved in ministry, full-time in ministry and doing, you know, having to preach and teach, it was it was absolutely terrifying to me. I remember the first time I stood up to preach and I was told it was a great sermon afterwards uh, in, 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 a, in a different language. Uh, when I first stood up to do that, I was almost fainted before I stood up. I mean, my heart was beating so fast uh, and I had to literally walk by faith and trust in God. Uh, but there's, there's a certain point where you just have to go. You just have to obey. Take a step of faith. And I remember there was a time in, at, around that same time when I began preaching uh, regularly that uh, we were doing some cliff jumping into the water here in Italy. We're doing some cliff jumping. And uh, everyone's jumping off, having a good time. And it's pretty high up, maybe three, four, five meters, something like this. And uh, I wasn't really excited about it. I was terrified to do this jump too, but I realized, well, you jump and nobody's dying, so I guess you can do it, all right? I'm, I'm reasoning in my mind. Not everybody was able to actually jump. Some were too afraid. Uh, but I thought, you know, I'm terrified of this too, and I don't like it, but this is just like preaching. I know I need to. I know God has made me to do it. I know I've been called to this task, and uh, I'm going to just master this fear of jumping off this cliff, which is just stupid. Why would anybody want to jump off a cliff? Uh, but whatever, I'm going to master it and just do it. So I did it kind of by faith. And what I what I did is I kind of, in my mind, I, I put these two things together. The call I have to preaching the gospel and evangelizing and so on, and the call right now to just jump off this cliff. And I, I just began doing it by faith. I jumped off the first time. I survived. I got zero pleasure out of it. There was nothing exciting about it to me at all. And I just kept doing it over and over, just jumping off by faith. Well, at the same time, in my heart, my mind, putting this together, this is just like what God has called me to do as a missionary, as a preacher of the gospel and so on. There's a real faith element to it. And uh, and little by little, as I was just jumping off for the heck of it, jumping off just to get familiar with it and thinking of how I just need to take steps of faith. And and though I, I do my part in the Word, in study, in prayer, preparing for messages, preparing to deliver them and so on, it's not just jump out there and do it. But once you've done your preparation, once you've been made ready, equipped, and you have the message to be delivered, there's a step of faith that you take and deliver that message. And little by little, jumping off the cliff, I finally came to the point where I learned how to actually enjoy myself. I learned how to actually enjoy it. Well, if I'm going to be doing this, if I'm going to be jumping off the cliff, I might as well do a twist. I might as well do, I don't know if I did a flip or not, but if, if I kept doing it, I'd probably start, do a flip. You know, if you're going to jump, have a good time doing it. And uh, the same can be said when it comes to obeying Jesus Christ, evangelizing the lost, preaching the gospel, etc. You obey enough, it becomes good to you and you, you can start doing it same thing here i would relate uh, most people don't like to eat fruits and vegetables vegetables in particular but if, if you when you've done some some serious fasting and you've realized what actually nourishes your body makes it feel good is not half the junk that we eat on a normal basis but it's actually that fruit and those vegetables those those whole grains these kinds of things your body be, acquires the taste of them it's very true wine the same thing wine doesn't taste good the first time you sip on wine and actually it's not pleasant to the mouth at all but there's a real thing of acquiring the taste of a wine and you begin to appreciate the different types of grapes the different landscapes climates where they grow different grapes and different qualities of wine that exist and how they can be well accompanied with 
particular foods to make the foods taste better and it all gets better. Same thing here. The more you become obedient in evangelism and witnessing and doing these things, you can actually learn to enjoy yourself in what before was terrifying to you. Uh, so again, I still am terrified when I go out to evangelize, but it's become a regular part of my life. I found ways to actually enjoy myself. I can genuinely be interested in people when I walk up to them and just start talking to them. Or when I go house to house and just look like a bum who delivers publicity uh, and just leaving it in people's mailboxes, considered like the trash of the city that I am. Uh, but here again, we see Paul, he was willing to be considered the scum of the earth, right? Because he understood how much joy and value there is in just obeying Jesus, walking with Jesus, and being at his service. Okay, so the last call to action, uh, first one was meditate on all these things. Really ponder them, consider one or two that might help you uh, in your witness. And then the second one is simply go. If you didn't catch that, it was go and open your mouth. Let the Lord use you. Uh, so my whole illustration there about just going, jumping off the cliff was to emphasize this point here. Just just go. Just do it. Uh, you can't go wrong. And even if you look stupid, even if uh, if you try to evangelize, it's better than no evangelizing. If you drop the ball or say things wrong, it's still better than no evangelizing. Uh, the simple fact that you go speaks for itself. God will do the rest. Just go. And the last one here, Pray about joining a PMC cohort post-pandemic in 2021. Uh, one thing I found over the years is as we, I've led numerous teams uh, in evangelism, group evangelism, is uh, people find that working together as a group, they're all more courageous. Going to a different country where you don't know people makes you more courageous too. And then after several days of doing this, a couple weeks or whatever it is, when you're working together, you've, you've, you 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 kind of catch the bug and you realize, this is why I'm still alive. This is one of the primary reasons. Why was I never doing this before? And you get a little bit, your fire, your your flame gets fanned. And you can go home uh, more uh, with, with a brighter flame, uh, a flame that actually warms things up or burns things that don't need to be there. And you can go back to wherever you live and be a better witness where you are, uh, where you are. So uh, consider joining a, a cohort for 2021. Join in on another uh, group with a group of people and to do some evangelism here in Italy. And I guarantee you, God will bless you as you do it. And that flame of yours will be fanned up a little bit. When you get back, you'll be a, a better witness as well, wherever you find yourself. So that's it for today, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And I pray one or two, some of these tips may find themselves, uh, may find, uh, may be useful. Uh, I think is what I'm trying to say. May be useful for you as you remain here uh, waiting Jesus' return together with us, but wanting to uh, please him, serve him uh, in any way you can and obey him in evangelism. Till the next time. Ciao, ciao. As we close out today's episode, uh, I hope you were encouraged uh, by some of that and that you can find that useful as you walk and live with Jesus Christ, uh, waiting His return. At the same time, though, we want to remind you as you are partnered in with the ministry through giving and praying and sending and so on, uh, you are involved in the Lord's global mission. And that means you are actively involved also in evangelism through your participation. So may that encourage you and God bless you until the next time. If you like the podcast, we encourage you now to come on over and join us on the inside. If you love Jesus Christ, you love this podcast, you love the Italian people, you love the church of Jesus Christ, it's the perfect place for you to meet other people and uh, see and understand more about the Italian culture and what is going on with Practical Missions Cohort in the Italian context. Look forward to seeing you over there. God bless.